Okay, on the podcast today, we have Coach John Lilly. He's the head coach at Independence High School right here in West Virginia. Coach shares a lot of wisdom about a multitude of topics. I know you will enjoy listening to this podcast. All right, we got Coach John Lilly on the podcast this evening. Coach, welcome to the Mind of a Football Coach podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. I've been pretty excited about it. Oh, that's awesome, Coach. Coach, we first met when you beat me when you were at Woodrow Wilson, and I have a lot of respect for you since then. Um, you do, you've done a great job at a couple different programs. Well, yeah, I, I just, Josh, we kind of hit it off because I thought you were doing it the right way. Uh, you inherited a tough situation there. Uh, you followed two legendary coaches, uh, which is a tough, I mean, that was tough, you know, and I don't think people understood. I understood it because I've played Riverside almost since they, you know, consolidated almost, but then I went against, I played against and uh, coached against coach Whitman and coach Hensley and both legendary coaches in that area. But the two schools, when they first consolidated, they just didn't get along, you know, and it just seemed like from the opposing coach, you know, on the opposite sideline, it just seemed like that was never going to go away, you know, and, and hmm. I thought you did make great strides in, uh, you know, try, uh, uniting, you know, the, the communities. I thought I saw progress there. The coach that was before you, you know, he struggled a lot and you had to really, uh, you know, you had to really start from bare bottom. But I just thought, Coach, I was impressed from day one. I thought you was on the right path. I thought you were doing it the right way. And, uh, you know, and you got results. So, uh, Coach, you just keep on doing what you do. Man, I appreciate that. I mean, you you had moved on after that first year and went, then we broke the losing streak versus, uh, versus Woodrow. We started four and two in two thousand. What was that 2016? I remember you would text me and just, man, you'd, you'd build me up. And I really, really, uh, really appreciated that. Well, I don't think people understand uh, that plays in the MSAC. People don't understand it unless they're associated with it. And, and that's a that's a meat grinder. And, uh, you know, I coached in it for about 10, 10 or 12 years. Uh, and you're going against the best athletes in the state. And you're going against the best coaches in the state or most of the best coaches in the state week in and week out. So it's a meat grinder. So going four and two, I know you were off, to, uh, you were doing a good thing. Yeah, coach. It, that was a fun year going from 0 and 10 to having a good start. That was, uh, that was fun. So coach, please give the listener a little bit more background about yourself. We were talking before the podcast, so kind of where you've been in, and your career has been, been awesome. I would just love you to give the listener a little, little history well, about yourself. If you don't mind. Yeah, I, I've been a head coach at four different high schools. Uh, I started at a single A, then went to a double A, and then went to a triple A. Um, I've been a coordinator, a defensive coordinator in college, and I've been a position coach in college. And then um, recently, uh, a, a principal at Independence High School, who was my athletic trainer for about 10 or 12 years, asked me if I was interested in coming over to Independence High School. I was kind of leaning toward retiring in West Virginia and moving out of state. And, and coach out of state for a little while. That was my game plan or stay in college. But uh, he talked me into coming over there and uh, they had had, I think seven coaches in nine years. And he was just asking me to settle it down. But, you know, it was the best thing that happened to me, coach. Uh, I really like it over there. Uh, you know, we were talking on the air and several times about a fit, you know, and when it, when you are a fit, you kind of feel it, you know, 
And I feel like my coaching style and, and the type of kids that we have is just a natural fit. You know, that I like to work hard and I like to grind and those kids like to grind and they like to work hard and we have fun. And it, it, it's just been a pleasant, it's been one of the best things that's happened to me in my career is moving over there. So, you know, God gave me a good opportunity and I took it. That's awesome, Coach. It's interesting you were talking about fit. I, I keep thinking about that these days. Just like you have to find a place that fits your personality as a coach. You were talking about your you're a grinder, tough, hard nose. Talk a little bit more about that. Like as far as like your off season program, your offensive philosophy, defensive philosophy, how all that kind of fits together. Well, there's a reason why this beard is gray, brother. Because this COVID <laughs> mess. Anybody that anybody can help me figure out how to run their off season during this this uh, COVID because we've been quarantined for 14 days. But, um, you know, I, I, I believe that, and I've always believed that in football, you build your football teams through your off season weight training. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and we will attempt to always do that. And I think your off season weight training is not just for lifting, it's team building, it's doing activities you know, and uh, leadership classes and, and, uh, you know, doing team events for fun, like uh, we call them Hitman. You guys probably, you know, strongman competitions and, mm. and going places and taking kids places. And I just think that's where you build your team. And, uh, and you know, the kids can get to know you and you can get to know them and you know their weaknesses. Uh, I think the coaches that kind of wait till the season starts or do lip service to the strength and conditioning program, I think they struggle. So. Uh, I think that's what I mean by the word grind. It, you know, the, the mm. buzzword now is the process, but it's the same thing. But uh, I just think that's how you build football program. No doubt. Talk about your weight program a little bit, if you don't mind. Like, what are your what what's your philosophy of like your lifts and like your reps and how do you how do you build your football program in the weight room? Well, we've kind of we've kind of moved from the old power training that we used to do at the other schools. And that was pretty successful for us, but I think the game's changed. So, you know, the last three years, we call it explosive training. So, you know, we've migrated more into uh, Olympic movements instead mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, power movements because we think, or I think that the game of football's changed. And, and you probably agree in the last five to seven years, uh, you better be able to move. Your kids are going to have to move and they're going to have to react. And, you know, lining up in the double wing, you know, you might, it might work for some schools, but uh, these days, you know, you can't waggle them to death. You know, you're going to have to be able to move in the open space and get kids in open spaces and get linemen to move. And so we just, we've got migrated to more uh, explosive movements uh, in our weight training. We've gone from three day a week to four day a week. Uh, we just, and uh, it's been really good to us. We've had three kids, you know, go to the NFL in the last couple of years in the last 10 years. And, uh, 10 or 12 years. And, and we feel like, you know, that had something to do with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you took over independence. It struggled like you were talking about. I had a bunch of different coaches over just a short amount of time. What's like the first thing you did to try to help, to help yourself get started on the path that you were, you were currently on? Well, I tell you the, uh, the very first thing we did, believe it or not, uh, they didn't have an organized weight program. And, it, you know, they've oh, had wow. some good years. They've been hit and miss, you know, like they have a really good year and then a really bad year. And, um, you know, so they really didn't have an organized weight program. So, like I said, it was the right fit at the right time. And the kids were hungry for it. Our kids liked to lift. 
I mean, I don't have to twist their arms. I mean, even when they, you know, we got a great wrestling program there, but kids still like to lift before they go to wrestling. Uh, you know, our basketball players will pop their nose in there and get their in season workouts in. And uh, so, like I said, you know, it was a good fit. It was perfect timing. And uh, we, they didn't even have a weight pro or weight room. So we, we just kind of rallied around that call. So our first thing we did was build a weight room and uh, use the motto, if they build it, you know, they will come. And uh, it really worked for us. And like I said, uh, we were really making some good gains in the all season until COVID hit us. So. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if anybody has answers for how to deal with COVID, we would all love uh, those answers. <laughs> Oh yeah. It, it's, it's been nerve wracking. I mean, this past season, it was my 33rd year. And I think, I don't know how you felt about it, but it was, you know, we made it to the playoffs, but it, in some ways it was the most stressful season that I've ever had, even though we were successful, but I mean, just trying to find games and, you know, cancel games and move games and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and let's be real, you know, you, you've got to kind of work your schedule too. I mean, you just can't load up and go play, uh, you know, Cabell Midland, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, you, they got 2000 students and, you know, you got 510, you know, so it, mm -hmm. it was a struggle. It was a struggle. Yeah. I mean, shoot, we, we played St. Albans who, you know, probably had their, their most physically talented teams since I've been up here. You play them and we play a really good Hoover team coached by coach Joey Fields. And we play Sissonville. And these are all on short weeks and we just got beat to death. I mean, it was like our injury situation became, we lost like eight starters due to injury. It was something insane. Um, how did you manage like your roster and, and were y'all playing multiple games in a week? Any? I, I didn't want to do it. Uh, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, my philosophy was we were going to try to play one a week and, um, and I just wasn't going to play multiple games in a week. I, I just, I thought it was counterproductive and I thought it was kind of hypocritical mm -hmm. in a lot of ways, you know, you know, how many years have we all sat in these meetings and, you know, safety, safety protocols for players, you mm -hmm. know, recovery times and all this other stuff. And then all of a sudden now we're allowed to play three games in one week, you know, I mean, it, just, it was just counterproductive to everything, you know, that, that in my opinion, that the national mm -hmm. federation of high schools were talking about it. I saw Billy made a comment about it. You know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, how safe is this really playing three football games in one week? Um, mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, so, some coaches jumped on that. You know, we didn't. Uh, I just stayed with one a week and uh, it worked out for me. I did have I did have to jump on a bus uh, on a <laughs> and I don't know if it was the right call or not. But the next three games were going to be canceled no matter what. And mm. uh, we were concerned that we wouldn't get enough games in for playoffs. Right. So we hopped, we picked up a game on Thursday and played it on Friday and traveled to Petersburg, which is, you know, there's no easy way from uh, Independence to Petersburg. Yeah. So, I mean, it took us like six hours to get there and hopped off the bus and played and hop on a bus and come back. And we wasn't successful. And, and I, I really feel like even though Petersburg did a good job and, and they earned a victory, but the trip beat us. And, um, you know, so there was a, I think that taught me a lesson early. I wasn't going to make that same mistake again. I wasn't going to pick a game up on Thursday and play on Friday. I just didn't think our kids could prepare for that. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and it was just a lousy coaching job, I think. 
because we mm. shouldn't have done it. I, in my opinion, if I had to do it over again, I probably wouldn't have done it. Mm. Yeah, it was just such a wild season for everybody. I mean, I'm looking back on it thinking, you know, there's things we went into it thinking, oh, this is a good idea because of, you know, blank of some of whatever we were thinking. And I well, just, I just hope we don't have to ever do that again. That yeah, was, it, was un, it was uncharted water. So there was no right or no wrong. We can, sure. everybody can sit back and we can second guess everything every coach did uh, right. or the SSAC for that matter. But no one's ever been, you know, it's been through it before. So no one mm -hmm. could honestly say they were right and someone else was wrong. So, you know, I think everybody just did the best they could. And uh, for the most part, I thought the coaches did really well adapting. I mean, you know, I, I felt pretty, you know, every coach tried their best to accommodate mm -hmm. each other as best mm -hmm. as they could, in my opinion. I agree. We are – West Virginia is full of just really good coaches and good people. That's something that ever since moving here in 2015, I just come to really love about the state, just a bunch of good guys and good football coaches. Well, that's why uh, about four years ago, while we started uh, – my son runs Coalfields and Company, and uh, we wanted to start a statewide coaching clinic and uh, that's one of the reasons why we did it coach uh, we I have you know I've been on the Glazer clinic uh, for a long time a speaker now for a while and everywhere I go I'm like man we got just as good or better coaches in our state than these guys and but they just never get credit for it and so we started doing that and I'm telling you when you go to these clinics you're I'm just I'm just in awe of how many good coaches uh, that we have in this state. Hmm, I agree. You know, I think about too, you're talking about clinics when you go to like a, a Glazier or a Nike, not your session coach at Glazier, but like other sessions, sometimes these like big time coaches and they're obviously great coaches because they're coaching at really big time places, but like half their speech is like a recruiting pitch, you know, yeah. like to try to get the coach to send their top level players there. If you have one, I just, that, that kind of stuff annoys me. Is that annoy you as much as it annoys me? Well, it has, and I've seen it change uh, in the last, uh, I think with social media and, and the internet, now you have a lot of coaches trying to sell things you know, or, mm -hmm. or sell their programs or sell their uh, offenses mm -hmm. or defenses. So, you know, it's a good mix. It's the college kids, college coaches trying to use it as a recruiting pitch or to try to get you to come to their camps because that's where mm -hmm. they make their summer money for their mm -hmm. young coaches. And mm -hmm. then the other half's trying to sell something. So, but I can remember before we had Glacier Clinics and, and all that, it used to be a time where all the coaches could come together and, you know, that's where you network, you know, that's where you, yeah. you know, if you're a young coach and you want to be a head coach, that's where you go to get that head coaching job. You know, now mm -hmm. with social media, it's hard telling. I mean, I would hate to be a young coach trying to figure this mess out. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I think like Facebook. Yeah, no thanks. No, no. Like I'm not ever going to do that. Twitter. You know, I think that's some. That's a place where I connect with guys to get on the pod to get guys on the podcast a lot. That's where I usually go to get guests I don't know. You know, I think you have to do it as a coach. Uh, I I think that's one thing I could say that uh, I had to work on improving when I left Woodrow to come to Independence was I, I at Woodrow I didn't have any social media presence. And I think you need to have a social media presence if you're a coach because you need to control the narrative and mm -hmm. and make sure that someone else isn't controlling your narrative, if that makes any mm -hmm. sense. But um, Oh, 
Yeah, it definitely does. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, social, social, uh, social media is good and bad. I think like everything, right? There's things that, you know, in moderation can be good and the things that you use them too much, they're, they're bad. But coach, talk a little bit about like, what's some advice you would give you talking about younger coaches, what's some advice you would give the younger coaches, maybe trying to get into this business, trying to be a coach, maybe trying to make their way up to be a, to be a head coach. Well, you know, I, I, that's one of the things I speak, you know, speak about with the Glazer. I, I guess I told my wife I'm turning into the grandfather coach. Nobody wants to talk offensive defense with me. All they want to talk about is, you know, what can I do to, you know, to make myself better. And that's okay. That's where I'm at. And, and I enjoy doing that. But uh, I still think, Zach, I still think it's networking. I, I still think mm. that you need to build your base and, you know, build a, a network of coaches and coaches, colleagues, and people that will support you. And, you know, because I've always felt like this. If, if I left one school, I would like to think that I've built enough uh, positive uh, coaching that, you know, someone would pick me up immediately, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, like when I left Woodrow, I had like five coaches in like one week, uh, and most of them down in the Charleston area. Uh, I won't mention any names, but, you know, they almost all called me and said, Hey, John, you know, I'd love to have you come down and run our defense or come down and, you know, coach our, coach our linebackers or almost every, you know, so that made me feel good because, you know, I just think that's how football is. And if I was a young coach, uh, I would like to build up my network and, uh, and let's be honest, you and me both know that if you're going to move up the ladder to a head coach, you're going to need a network mm -hmm. and uh, people that will put a good word in for you or make a call for you. Uh, mm -hmm. if you need it and that works, that works opposite. You know, if you're going to be a total jerk coach, nobody's going to help you and nobody's ever going to make that call for you. But if you want to move up to the college ranks, you know, it's not about how much you know or how good a coach it is. It's who you know. And, um, you know, so you got to have – I just think it's all about networking and, and communication. And then the second thing I would say is if you can't – if you cannot communicate today, uh, I don't think you can be a successful coach. I think you've got to learn to communicate with kids and you got to learn to communicate with your, your administration and – your your fans and, and and your boosters and if you're a poor communicator i just don't think you can be successful I, the authoritarian type coach is not going to work these days because mm. so. that's so wise and i'm not gonna let you off the hook about offensive defense coach we're, st we're st i'm still going we're still talking so i'm ready to ask you these kind of questions uh talk to me about you're talking defense first so let's talk about your defense philosophy what do you believe in there as a head coach well, I, I've always believed, you know, pressure bust pipes, you know, and, and if you can, you know, um, you know, put as much pressure on, on the quarterback as you can. And, and uh, but I've also, I think you have to have a system now and you know what I'm talking about because, you know, you're a heavy cover, cover one, cover zero guy. But I think you got to have a system now that can adapt to the kids that you have without mm. changing every year, you know, like, you know, you know, sometimes people would criticize, well, maybe you're in a four-man front one year, but you're in a you know, five-man front the next year. But it's really the same offense. I mean, the same defense. So you're just moving. Mm -hmm. You might be shading right, shading left instead of sure. straight. You know. 
you know, and I think you've got to be, especially on a high school and on a small ball, I call double A and single A small ball. You're not going to have the same caliber kids every year. So yeah, if you change every year, then you can't get better at anything. So, you know, you know, that's, that's kind of my philosophy, being able to adapt to the kids that you have and then put pressure as much pressure as you can on your opponent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Riverside, man, we, I feel like we had really good DBs for AAA and we just pressured people to, like all, all from all over the place. Then we, uh, we could rush for sometimes too, but I mean, you hit nail around the head. I mean, your personnel can change. You know, I went to nitro. I mean, our personnel changed dramatically at every, well, I was there three years for every year. I mean, it was like, Oh my gosh, we kind of got to retool this. And it's like the same philosophy. It's man coverage, but your front may change your, where you blitz people may change. You hit that right, right. You hit that nail around the head, there, Coach. Yeah, and I think you know over time you, you'll build a you, your defense to a point where one year you can be in a four man front, but it doesn't change your defense at all. You know, it's just right. a different front, and I think that's the key. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you might get lucky at a big school, you know, where you know you don't have as many kids play both ways, and you know you're going to have at, at minimum 45, 50 kids out it. I mean, at, at Woodrow, when I was there, I mean, I, th- I can only think of maybe one year that we were under 50 kids. And right. you know, that's such a huge advantage. But, you know, last year, you know, we were a pretty good football team. But, you know, we're flirting around with 38 there at the end of the year. You know, so, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of kids playing both ways. So, uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know, at Nitro, you're probably in the same boat. I mean, you got 15 that you're counting on. So, you got to kind of move, have some moving parts to adapt your game plan a little bit. Oh, no doubt. I mean, and COVID had something to do with that, obviously, too. I mean, in 2019, we had like 45 players and we played a full JV schedule, which is like unheard of at Nitro. I mean, people like we played eight JV games. People are like, how many games did you play? You know, um, but, you know, some years that's that's not the case. So, Coach, talk about your offense philosophy a little bit. And we've, we texted about this. What was that like five years ago? But I would love for you to kind of expound on that. Well, we've always been kind of a, uh, you know, we kind of changed a little bit last year. We did make a, a little bit of a change in that area because, you know, we've got some pretty good skill people, um, you know, probably better skill people than the last five years I was at, at Woodrow. We've got better skill people at Independence than I had the last couple of years at Woodrow as a whole. Uh, but, uh, you know, we've, I've always liked the RPO spread option game. And I mm-hmm. think you know, if you can run the option, it's an equalizer. Um, we didn't do that as much this year because uh, we've just got, you know, we got a heck of a running back and Atticus Goodson. And, you know, he, he's six foot one, 220. So, you know, our offense was, you know, turn around and hand the ball off to Atticus, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. because he's that good. And uh, when you get older, you get smarter and, uh, you, you don't make it as hard as it is and, and uh, you know, play action off of it and hit some home runs and stuff. But we were really simple offense. But, you know, we've kind of changed our tune a little bit. Uh, I mean, we want to run up tempo. You know, we want to go – we want to run as fast as we can and, hmm. uh, and get lined up and go as fast as we can. And this year I thought we did really well. We wanted the ball snapped within 17 seconds. Um, and then – uh, there's times like we're playing Lincoln County. We actually scored a touchdown and they didn't have a chain set. I mean, that's how fast we were going. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. And I was kind of concerned because, 
you know, we were an option team. We only threw the ball like eight times the year before. Uh, but, you know, we threw the ball about 38% last year. And so we've kind of adapt. Like I said, we've got some good skill people. So we kind of had to adapt a little bit to, you know, put get those guys in space. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's that's football though, right? I mean, I think you can win with a majority with – a, majority with a, a large variety of schemes right i mean some people go slow some people go fast and i think it's great you've adjusted to what you have and you've done great with it well yeah and i just like we said before i think you got to build your offense and your defense and i think you got to build it to where you can adapt without changing i mean the plays are the same mm-hmm. you may be different formation but you know you can't get better at something if you if you're making changes every year and, and I, I think i see a lot of times when i play there's two or three young coaches that we played the last two or three years and they got a different offense and a different defense every year. And in the back of my head, I'm like, how do you get better? You know, mm-hmm. if you change all the time, you know, and um, of course, you know, that's, they, they may have their own reasons. I'm just, mm-hmm. just thinking most of the successful coaches that I've played against and been around, they pretty much run the same system every year. Now they might do it a little different with different formations and things, but mm-hmm. You know, it's the same system. I and mean, when you play Donnie Mays, you're getting – he's going to run what he runs. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you run GW, they, they've been spread for 10 years since Scott went over there. And, uh, you know, so they're not changing every year. Mm. Absolutely, Coach. Coach, that's that's so wise. I appreciate you coming on this sharing your wisdom with us. And I, I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your wisdom uh, that you shared with us. Well, I thank you. I, I thank you. It, it's fun doing these things. And, I don't think I said anything great or anything tonight. It's just talking football and having fun. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the way it should be. Absolutely. Coach, coach, I appreciate you. Thanks. Thank you for coming on. All right. Thank you for having me.